Hello and welcome to A Christmas Binge, your new favourite Christmas listening tradition and podcast. Well, we have done it. Almost. It is Christmas Eve with Santa due to do his rounds this evening. My name is Brittany Stewart. I am a Melbourne-based journalist, host of another podcast called Beauty Island and an absolute Christmas obsessive. When I couldn't find a festive podcast to listen to last year, I was left frustrated. So this year I made the decision to do it myself and you are listening to the result. A Christmas Binge is all about celebrating the spirit of the season by chatting to interesting people to find out how they celebrate. Over the past few weeks, I've sat down with guests like Michelle and Zara from Shameless, Monique Bowley and beauty writer Gemma Watts to ask them about their favourite Christmas films and music, the food that fills their Christmas table and of course their unique Christmas traditions. This week, my guest is We Can Do Better podcast host, entertainer, activist and owner of the best winged liner I have ever seen, Annie Nolan. And you might have also heard of her husband, former AFL Western Bulldogs player Liam Pickin. Bright, bubbly and brilliantly candid, Annie welcomed me into her home to chat all things festive. This really was such a multifaceted chat about the highs and lows of Christmas, so I thought it was the perfect finale in Christmas Eve listen. We talked about the mental load women carry at Christmas, the fantastic reason she stopped giving Santa all the credit for presents, and she shared the most beautiful Christmas story about her brother watching over their family since his passing. A little content warning that we do discuss some emotional topics, including the loss of loved ones in this episode. But there's also talk of kids loving Christmas, rats and a litter of kittens climbing up a Christmas tree. So there's a balance here, don't worry. I also share my infamous Christmas quiz if you are looking for a fun festive activity for the whole family. As I've mentioned over the whole season, I am so privileged to have family and Christmas experiences that make it a time of year that I love. And I know for so many people, for many, many different reasons, this is not always the case. And Christmas can be a really difficult period. So I just wanted to flag again that this podcast largely deals with the positive and often indulgent side of Christmas and we are so very lucky to have the privilege and freedom to talk about things like the food we're eating and the way we're celebrating, what we're wearing and what we're gifting. If it is a topic that you find hard, this might not be the podcast for you right now, but if that is you, please remember you are not alone. So many people are there for you, feel the same way as you, And hopefully some of the topics that we cover, particularly on today's episode, will help bring you some comfort. I also speak to social worker Leanne, who offers a really interesting and different perspective on the season, which I think is so important to remember. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, rate five stars and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. A big thank you and Merry Christmas to the people who have already done so and have also sent me some lovely, lovely messages. I really appreciate those. For more Christmas chat and memes, for the limited time we have left, you can follow me on Instagram at Christmas Binge and you can also listen to my beauty podcast, Beauty Island, to delve into the memories behind people's favourite beauty products and the link to that, to both of those, is in the show notes. For now, over to Annie. Enjoy. It's Christmas! 
Annie, Merry Christmas. Oh, it's so exciting. What a jolly time of the year. Great. Oh, I win. Well done. <laughs> and one more. Yeah, you that win. That wasn't even split. That was so good. And I don't know why, but I always close my eyes when I pull crackers. That's so good. Oh, I'm, I've got an orange hat. Orange doesn't go with any clothing that you wear Do you on like Christmas. Do you like my yellow one? Yes, it definitely. your outfit. Yellow is my favourite colour. It's a, you are, I feel like you're a very sunshine, positive person. Oh, so thank you. From my <laughs> yeah. initial impressions yeah. after having met you for 10 minutes. <laughs> I did just do glass half empty when I said Melbourne's weather will be shit again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, and this is good. Um, usually you get plastic little bits yes. and pieces in them. These ones have been cardboard all the time, and which is good. And you haven't got any plastic in this one. You have a sticker and a joke and a paper hat. So it's thinking about the environment. Oh, recyclable. Do you want to give me your joke? Oh, my eyesight's too bad. I will you read it. that one a read. All right. What do you call a row of men waiting for a haircut? Oh, God, what? It, um, a barbecue. Oh, oh my Not Christmas God. related at all. But no, we'll not at all. And the other one, what do you call an elephant that flies? Dumbo. Not far off, a jumbo jet. Oh, would have been funny Dumbo jet. You um, need to be writing the jokes yeah. for bonbons next year. <laughs> but isn't the point of Christmas crackers or Christmas bonbons jokes that they're incredibly lame? Like I, I think, think that's so. the point. I think I imagine I don't think I've ever had a joke that's made me actually properly laugh. You're just laughing at the lameness. You're so right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, there goes my thing. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they're good for a second and then they uh they float off. So to warm us up, I thought a very quick round of this or that or yes or no just to gauge okay. your likes and dislikes at christmas we've yep. done crackers or bonbons your team bonbon mm-hmm. brussels sprouts yes or no um definitely not as a kid but i like them now mm-hmm. and also it's very dependent on the way they're cooked do you have a preference yeah they have to be like fried off you can't just steam them and eat them yeah yeah very true are you a tree up or listening to christmas music before december 1st or strictly after I used to be December 1st, and then this year I was November 1st. November 1st? Yeah, because I've got a house full of um, rescue kittens at the moment, and I just knew it was just going to be too much fun. Everyone else gets really, oh my gosh, the cat's going to climb in the tree, but I just love it. So we put the tree up, and exactly what I thought (laughs) would happen happened. All these tiny little kittens were crawling up this tree like it was the best day of their lives, pulling all the tinsel out and, you know, all the little balls in the tree. They love it. So do no regrets. It's their playground. Yeah. And then that leads on to um, tinsel, yes or no? Well, I've, I've just got it because it's in my Christmas box. Yeah. I, I think I've got it still from probably handed down from my mother I've had <laughs> it's it become so a bit of an long. yeah except for now the kittens are pulling it apart so oh, maybe I should take it off <laughs> obviously there are a lot of people who will have heard of you from your brilliant podcast that you do as well as a few other things but say you're at family Christmas and you're meeting someone for the first time yeah. how do you introduce yourself oh gosh that is so hard oh usually my mother would introduce me <laughs> because I've got one of those mothers that way over inflates what I am do you have one of those you know one of those mothers that like parades you to her workplace oh that's you know, what you need an ego boost oh it's just too much though the exaggerating is like borderline lying <laughs> and so my, point? yeah my mum's like super proud of and totally biased of us kids so if there was anyone new it would definitely be 
my mum being like, this is my beautiful daughter. Yeah, she'd be saying, look at, you know, definitely they're her kids because I have three children. And then she'd be saying that I was an entertainer and I also work with animals. So I work in dog grooming and yeah, entertainment, I suppose, is the easiest way to explain it. Because often these people that don't know what I do, most young people that, well, at least that are related would know what I do. But the older ones say podcasting, trying to explain that it's... We usually try and say that it's radio on demand. That's a good way of <laughs> yeah. putting it. I like that. Sort of like Netflix for for radio. <laughs> and particularly like like you and so many people who don't have just one job, you do lots of little things. Yeah. I feel like that entertainer just... Yeah, exactly. Rather than having a 15-minute conversation after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it's someone that you might not want to spend 15 minutes talking to. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So hype mum and entertainer, I love that. And in terms of the Christmas scale, so one to ten, one being couldn't care less about the day, ten being love Christmas, where do you put yourself? If that's the scale, one to ten, I feel like I'm like a letter. It's weird. <laughs> I don't, I'm not like, I li- I really love Christmas, but I really hate Christmas. Okay. It's, it's this weird feeling for me because like I have a brother that's passed away, so like all parts of the year that pop up it's like okay well he's not here but then I've also got children and their little faces and the whole magic of it is amazing so there's those two things I love you know I love giving and being generous but I hate consumerism I I love being around family and stuff but I hate that you know that the women do mostly everything that really upsets me still. So I'm actually on strike this year. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was actually listening to Yumi Steins talk about it quite some time ago and um, she was saying pretty much the same thing and I really gave it some thought and I thought, do you know, I have been with Liam for 10 years and, you know, we have an eight-year-old son and, and twins that are six and for the whole time that we have been together – I have bought all of the presents for even his family and even for myself. I'm like, this is what I like. Like it's, he's so spoon fed and it's not really his problem. It's, I reckon it's, it's just something that that conditioning. Yeah, total conditioning. Exactly. And even things like getting the costume ready for the school end of your play or remembering breakup presents or teachers presents or things like that. So there was an incredible mental load that I feel that I carried and maybe a lot of other women, I'm sure, also experience this, feel at this time of the year because also my work picks up at this time of the year. Everything that I do work-wise, it's just four times the amount and then I'm trying to – my personal life is so much more. So, yeah, this year um, Liam retired from – he, he was an AFL player. He retired at the start of the year and that was always my plan. I'm like, I think if if any time is the time to ha- take a break from me, um, it's now and let's see what you can do, you know. <laughs> and even the things like bringing a dish to Christmas Day and, and helping. I, I got really flat one year because I watched at Christmas time all these women in the kitchen preparing Christmas like putting so much effort into Christmas lunch and then putting it on the table and the men not even getting out of recliners 
and them serving the food and bringing it over to them and then the men eating it and then them getting the plates off their lap and doing the dishes. Like, I'm sorry, but big F to that. Yeah, 100%. So, and then it goes back to, like, the reason that they do it, I often think, is that you're guilted into it half the time too because if you don't do it, you feel like, those people that you really love are going to miss out, particularly the kids. It's always about – it is about the kids. So you feel like you're going to let your kids down. But I've had to let that go a little. I I feel – you know, I felt like if I'm not in control, then my kids don't get the best Christmas experience. But that's sort of underestimating my husband's capabilities. I think it's really unfair for him that he doesn't get to experience all his hard work pay off as well. So, yeah, I think you raise you raise so many important points there that we'll come back to you in the <laughs> yeah. episode. But I think particularly the mental load of Christmas is something that hopefully we're talking a bit more about. I feel like those conversations and expectations are slowly shifting. But for so many women, Christmas is, is a great time of year, but we see kind of the results and the magic and forget about all the work that goes into making yeah. it happen. Yeah, yeah. There is that like funny joke or whatever that you see on social media all the time about when your parents give you the gift and as you unwrap it, you know that it's going to be a surprise for your dad as well. I was just about to say that. <laughs> so and like I laugh because that that is so true for me personally. Like my mum did m- most of it. But then it's really dark when you think about it as well. I'm like, what? You know, they need to get involved. That's not fair. And also I hate that Santa gets all the credit. I did want to bring this up because I know that I think it was a post last year. You mentioned that the big presents you were putting from you and Liam and the smaller presents from Santa. Yes. And tell me a bit more about why. Yeah. So we had this conversation maybe about two years ago now where we really realised that our kids, I think it was my son starting school and he went, he goes to a public school and Obviously, there are kids with – well, first of all, there's kids that don't even celebrate Christmas, so that's a conversation in itself. But then um, there's kids with far less than us and their Christmases look a lot different than us. And so, actually, the way that we approached it was, well, it seems really unfair if the narrative we're giving children is that if you're really good, then Santa brings you something and if you're bad, you you don't get anything or you get something less. And so the kids that are from families with less money are getting smaller presents and then the kids from more money are getting bigger presents. Like obviously that's just nonsense. So we decided, no, one, you need to know that mum and dad worked really hard to buy this for you or make this for you or whatever it is and we put in a lot of effort. That's one, the appreciation. And then two, that... You know, just because you're from a rich family doesn't mean that Santa comes to you even more. I don't know. There was just something that sat a bit weird. It's that tie-in as well that that a child's behaviour directly impacts what they get for Christmas when it is so outside of control. Oh, there has been so many times where I thought, hmm, I wonder if I should just give my kids nothing for Christmas and see how that pans out for like a year and then just sort of like semi-scar them so that they behave for the whole (laughs) next year. (laughs) But 
then I can't I don't I would really love to know if anyone has actually ever done that I know I feel like it would be a very efficient tactic yeah are you an elf on the shelf family absolutely not yeah no oh my god I am very amused by the people on social media that do it but absolutely not because I can't remember where I put my keys (laughs) I can't remember I like I am just pulling on through with the tooth fairy my daughter has lost three teeth in one week yeah and I tell you what that tooth fairy has nearly not come a couple of nights (laughs) I've woken up in like a sweat going oh my god I've forgotten and run downstairs and quickly fix it there's no way I was going to remember a elf on the shelf (laughs) and you see all those notes because I don't I kind of know the rough the rough idea mm. about it, but the idea is that you can't touch it. So I've seen so many posts from parents and kids writing apology letters to Santa and the elf to say, mum accidentally knocked it. Please don't let this affect my presence kind oh, of thing. So right. yeah, like you said, one less thing to worry about. And I think that the elf in the shelf craze in Australia, I, I think it's been a big thing in, is it the US? Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's been a big thing in the US for a while, but in Australia, I feel like it wasn't a th- Thing until the last few years it yeah. seems to have really picked up and I feel right. like my kids kind of missed the wave and because they didn't have it when they were young like yay they don't really know it's not something <laughs> they think about yeah exactly <laughs> oh hi who is it it's carol singers each episode of a christmas binge this season i have featured a great way for you to give back to others through buying presents or donations and wherever you are listening to this in the world whether it's Australia, Europe, US or elsewhere I have no doubt that you have seen the terrible terrible bushfires that are raging all over the country so for today as well as my talk with Leanne who you'll hear in a bit I just wanted to share that if you are feeling generous this Christmas or perhaps you have still yet to buy a present for someone or people are asking you what you want May I recommend donating to the New South Wales Rural Fire Service or the volunteer firefighters in any of the states across the country, particularly South Australia and Victoria. I will put all the links to where you can donate to any of these and you can donate broadly or to a local brigade to donate to. I will put all the links in the show notes of this episode. So as I said, if you are looking for a gift for someone or someone is asking what they can get you and you don't have anything in particular in mind, this is a really great way to pay tribute to the thousands and thousands of volunteers who probably won't be getting Christmas this year because they are fighting the fires and of course the many, many more people who have been affected by the fires. So growing up, what was Christmas like in your house? Oh, the best. I loved Christmas. Um, It was totally magical and it was always at my grandma's house. So my grandma is my mum's mum and she's really, she's a really amazing matriarch of our family. She is quite young for a grandma. She only just turned 70 and I'm 30. So I remember, I remember when she turned 50, like really clearly. So she was really young and cool and there was always, this is such a bad way to say it, but blow-ins. <laughs> uh, we always had people that weren't our family that were part of our Christmas. It was often people, back back then it was often people in the LGBT community um, because their families wouldn't have them. And my grandma was very much part of that community. 
And it was like, I remember one year we had a guy that rode a unicycle and he was like in a circus and he was just traveling on through. Like, <laughs> it was that kid, much that of a blow in situation. Like magical, yeah. yeah. Um, it was amazing. And I just loved it. I didn't have that many cousins on that side of my family, only a couple. And so we got completely spoiled and a lot of attention. It was just my brother and I when I was growing up, but I, when I was older, uh, I was 12 when my sister was born. So that was amazing because when Santa finished for me, it sort of began again and it was awesome. There was only like a tiny little period of time. I think it was one year because my brother's two years younger than me. I think it was one year that we didn't really have Santa and then it all began again. So it was awesome. Yeah, I just loved it. And my brother and I would always buy each other presents and – I'm notorious for the minute I buy a present, I just want to give it to the person. I can't <laughs> keep it a secret. I can't. I bought um, Bianca, who I do the podcast with, a present the other day for Christmas. Actually, it was just because I saw it and thought of her, and I was like, okay, the excuse is Christmas, but I probably would have got it for her anyway. And I immediately the next day had brunch with her and I immediately said to her I'm like I got you a present do you want to see it and she's like no (laughs) I'm like no you're not meant to say no I hate it but my brother and I would always give our presents to each other on Christmas Eve because we couldn't wait one more day yeah and it was so fun because it just helped you go to sleep at least you just have one present you got yeah you got a little bit of it out of the way because it's such anticipation and excitement that I remember yeah as a kid you just don't sleep because you just can't wait for it to happen yeah yeah totally and what kind of signals to you that Christmas is officially here what's kind of the marker is it as we were kind of talking about before because mince pies are in September so that's quite early is it when the shopping centers put up all their decorations or something in oh it's at home I don't know but I it's probably when you start seeing buble like in all <laughs> the ads on tv don't you think yeah uh, or yeah here Mariah Carey in the shopping centers I don't know it's getting earlier and earlier we were just having this chat off air about how early things are and I have like no problem with it I'm <laughs> one of those that's in the very much the minority where everyone else complains and like oh no I think everyone really dreads Christmas because they think it's wrapping up the year and they're like oh god no that no you can't put the tinsel out yet because I've got too much to do before the year is over and particularly this year because you're like 2020 end of a decade it's not just yeah so right yeah so everyone was freaking out but I'm like yeah I like it (laughs) I like Christmas lights and things and I love hot cross buns so I do not understand the complaining about hot cross buns I'm kind of a bit like shut up because if they stop bringing hot cross buns out early I will be so sad they are the most convenient lunchbox snack (laughs) (laughs) so I love them (laughs) I also feel like if you had spiced hot cross buns that's almost an element of Christmas there's no reason why yeah a spiced bun can't be Christmas don't you think it's so weird in Australia how we have so many of the because Christmas here is summer and overseas it is winter and so many of those spices and stuff are for winter (laughs) yet we just like carry on we have this really hot roast or whatever it is for lunch and we just act like yeah what of it but we just we just put in a few salads next to it to try and lighten it up up. (laughs) still eat plum pudding I remember vomiting because I ate so much plum pudding one year and it was just too hot yeah and I just ate way too much I just couldn't tolerate it 
<laughs> I was obviously born in the UK and moved to Australia when I was about 13 years old. So yes, having that transition from it being cold and rainy to hot and then still having this full on, <laughs> yeah. like you said, comfort, hot food. Yeah. There's a bit of a disconnect there. And then that you have to go to the beach the next day. <laughs> yeah, get in it. Yeah, get your bikini on after yeah. plump pudding. It like, seems a bit unfair. Oh my God. I love the food too much, so I'll allow it. Yeah, I, that's right. I, I, the food is definitely one of the best parts. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. Just popping in here to share that, as I mentioned at the start, as well as being a Christmas obsessive, I am very competitive when it comes to trivia. So it's become a bit of a running joke in the life of me and my friends because if there is any occasion... New Year's, Christmas, birthdays, I tend to write or insist that we do a quiz. So if you are looking for some festive entertainment this Christmas for friends or family, I've decided to share my um, aptly named Merry Quizmas with you. (laughs) It covers film, annual traditions, songs and so much more. I will pop the link in the show notes if you want to do it where you can find it and It'll have the questions and, of course, the answers, which is important with trivia. So I thought I'll just give you a quick sample of some of the questions. Not giving the best away. Things that you think you know, but when you're put on the spot, you just can't think of. So things like name all nine reindeer. In the song, 12 Days of Christmas, what is given on the seventh day? What year was love actually released? Which country does the tradition of putting up Christmas trees originate from? And there is a really fun round as well of film. So basically, you think there's the plot of a film put in like the most simplest form or summed up in two or three words and you've got to work out what the film is. And they are mainly Christmas, but not all Christmas related, just as a flag for this round. So for example, first film clue is Mum, I Missed the Plane. Can you think about what that might be? I will let you in on it in case it's one of those things that bothers you until you can look so mum I missed the plane would be home alone so I hope that gives you an idea of how that round works and again if you would like to have a look at the quiz or do the quiz with your family or friends this Christmas I have popped the link in the show notes for you to get happy quizzing in terms of what you watch or listen to get you into the Christmas mood is there a particular movie, special or TV show that's your go-to? I don't watch much TV. It's oh, I hate when people say this because it sounds like a real brag or something. Um, but it's the honest truth. I've got really crappy eyesight and so I don't really. But then I like binge on podcasts and things yeah. like that for sure. Although I think in terms of TV, my kids will put on Home Alone 2. Definitely Home Alone 2. Home Alone 1 is not, not that as favorite. good. No, Home Alone 2 is definitely better. Don't you think? Home Alone 2 is the one in New York. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's definitely better, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's true. Um, So they put on that and I'll find myself sitting <laughs> down and remembering all of the words. Oh, really? Yeah, definitely all of the words. And I laugh because now Netflix for kids, they have Christmas of every TV show. Oh. Yeah, it's so funny like because they've got like series on there there's always christmas specials of every type of Chris- like children show there is yeah so yeah so they're loving it they do they do love it 
But I don't know. I'm I'm not really. That's not really what gets me into the Christmas spirit. It yeah. Is it more? So you mentioned podcasts. I think is it's it more ringing your mum and going, "What are you cooking? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you like? Where are we having it?" And then my mum getting really sad when I have to tell her. It's not your side of the family this year because we have to take an intern. Of course, yes. So, and that negotiation is so far out from Christmas because both of uh, our families don't live near us. They live hours away. So Christmas time is often a lot of travel for us and we have so many pets and figuring out where they're going to go. But again, I'm taking a back seat this year. You're just going to wake up? I'm hoping it's sorted. I don't know what's going on. Um, It could be the messiest Christmas ever, but I, yeah, (laughs) I hope it's going to be okay. And then in terms of Christmas music, we mentioned obviously the prevalence of Michael Bublé come November 1. Mm. What kind of, are you into the classics or do you like your Mariah and your Michael Bublé? What are you listening to? So I grew up in the Catholic church and... I do not identify as Catholic. In it's hard to explain. I, it, it's almost like by culture a little bit. Yeah, my my parents aren't even religious anymore. It, after my brother's death, it certainly changed everything, and and we're not really religious anymore. But uh, this the religious, not religious necessarily, but but de- certainly like baby Jesus songs, like hit a. I think it's nostalgic or something. It just triggers something in me where I think of being a happy child, although very bored because I had to go to church. But it was so exciting. And we used to go to, you know, midnight mass and all of those sort of things. So I think I, I definitely like the bit, what is the one? The drummer boy one. Little drummer boy. Yeah. Yes. Where that's, it goes, I don't know. Pum pum. Yeah, it's like the funnest thing to say ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, that is so not a cool answer no. at all. I'm sure everyone else will be saying, you know, Miley's like something <laughs> or other, but mine is like, oh, you know, silent night. <laughs> Love it. I feel like Christmas is the one time when. Being cool isn't the coolest thing to do. Like with Christmas, you've just got to kind of the go ugly jumpers all in, embrace and embrace everything. Yeah, yes. yeah. Although again, we're in Australia and everyone does that. <laughs> Guys, it's too hot. You can't wear the ugly sweaters. That's why what I've done is the Cancer Council each year release an ugly Christmas rashi. <gasps> right. So I've got one of those, which I feel that's like, so smart. Yeah, yeah, genius idea, and I love it. And I actually wear it all the like in summer. To well, sorry, I went to Europe over summer. And wore it at the beach there, which made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but I was like, I need to protect my skin. Christmas so. in July. Christmas in July, exactly. <laughs> Love it. And obviously, as you mentioned, you have three children. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with that comes an extra layer of Christmas because you're seeing it through their eyes as well. But also, as you mentioned at the start, all the school concerts and all those extra mm-hmm. Christmas things that come. Yeah, it's so full on. I have a son that pr- I'm pretty sure he knows the truth. But he's in that he's stage. Not on. Oh no, he'll say every now and then, like just to annoy his sisters. He'd be like, "Yeah, you know it's not real," and like this, and it kills me. Um, he's just always been that way, really clued on. From I remember him telling me when our guinea pig died once, like, "Where is it going?" And I just went, "Oh, I don't know, like heaven." And he goes, "Heaven." He's like, "Well." What does heaven look like? And I'm like, I don't know. And he goes, Google it. And he was three. Sassy. And I was like, oh, my God. Like needed an answer for everything. But the girls who are only six, it is still, you know, 
you know, there's that year in a child's life where it's peak Christmas. There's that one year. I can even think back to what year it was when I was little. I got a bike. But there's like that one year that's just the top of the bell curve for happiness. And I think it is this year. I think it's this year because there's enough hype from school and then they're still a little bit young and yeah I think it might be this year That's something and they come out and they're so excited yeah. they wake up really early and yeah I'm really excited oh, <laughs> on to my favorite part of Christmas which is the food which I think is mm. just the best you are vegan yeah and I was really curious obviously because so much of Christmas food is around like seafood and roast and quite meat heavy what's served at your Christmas yes so Liam's family (laughs) it's really meat heavy uh they have a lot of farms and everything so we turn up with our little vegan dish and put it on the table and then every now and then like an uncle will be like this is amazing oh my gosh this is delicious and we would just be like yeah it's vegan (laughs) and then they'll be like it's disgusting oh my god immediately (laughs) but uh I hosted Christmas here for my first ever Christmas hosting and I said it was going to be a vegan Christmas and my negotiation with because it was my mum my mum and dad like my side of the family were coming And I said to them, you don't have to cook. I'm going to do the whole thing. And that was a lot of aunties and uncles and all cousins and things. But in order for me to – I was sort of like was selling veganism, (laughs) to be honest. I was like, see, you don't have to miss out. And they were all very satisfied. But we have have mock meat. So it's so easy to win people over. Yeah, we have – so there is tofurkey, which is like fake – um, like it's tofu turkey and you can get Christmas ve- like a vegan Christmas roast that's stuffed Amazing. everything yeah so it's definitely vegan food and alternate like you said the kind mm. of meat alternatives I feel like the last few years have come on leaps and bounds like yeah it's incredible it is it is it's really incredible and and a lot of things can it's not even just that there's alternatives there's just so many beautiful new recipes that people can try I find with Christmas that tradition is wonderful but there will be nothing memorable if you don't change something about that year and so it's nice to mix things up whatever way it is like you know my grandma it was always a different guest or whatever I think it's really nice that Christmas can evolve and not just be stagnant in what it was say when I was a little child it keeps growing with how we grow which is really nice. I think that's such a great attitude and particularly it gives you the chance to put your own spin on it and that makes it even more special. Yeah, yeah definitely. And so when it comes to, say, last year as an example when you're doing an, the all-vegan Christmas feast, what was like the dish you were most proud of? <sighs> See, my family's quite multicultural as well. So there's a lot of dishes that – so, my, for example, my uncle is Loatian and all my cousins are Loatian, so um, – there's a lot of Loatian food and there was like paella and yeah it's it's definitely not just roast it's not yeah there's like spicy food yeah it's 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 beautiful again lots of it is so inappropriate for a hot day but (laughs) you know that's part of it it. (laughs) yeah we eat it in a little blow-up pool 
<laughs> so, yeah, we did when they came because it was so hot. But yeah, <laughs> that makes it easier to digest. Um, and how long have you been vegan for? Most of my adult life. Okay. Yeah. Because I was yeah. going to ask if there was a Christmas dish that you missed since being vegan. But oh well, I've been um vegetarian since I was eight, so I can't even really remember eating. Yeah. It. I can vaguely remember eating turkey before that and getting quite upset and mum being like don't you risk ruin christmas so yeah that was yeah, that was fun the best way to spread christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear one big thing i've learned since doing a christmas binge is the importance of understanding different attitudes and perceptions around christmas so i sat down with leanne who is a social worker to have a quick chat about the things that she sees in her line of work and her advice for people who are doing it tough this Christmas and how we can also be more mindful of others this Christmas. Well, my name's Leanne, Leanne Lightfoot, and I am uh, an accredited mental health social worker who currently works in private practice. So I'm providing counselling and support to a whole range of different clients. And so as a social worker, mm-hmm. you've, you've mentioned that Christmas in particular is a very busy time can you tell me more about the perspective and attitude towards Christmas that you see for people that it can be actually quite a really difficult time okay well firstly I think it's um, important just to note too that whilst for some clients it's a difficult time for other clients it actually can be a really you know fun enjoyable experience and they're looking forward to it so what's important for me is just to check in with with each client to see where they're where they're at as we move into this this time of the year and I suppose uh, particularly because there's such an emphasis on family at Christmas time and family is such a complex um, you know idea group you know so many it's just very very complex so a lot of the clients I'm working with quite often have complex family systems so you know there may have been trauma experienced within that family there may be estrangement from family for lots of other reasons Um, so kind of having this this pressure to uh, spend Christmas time with family can be very challenging so um, that's just broadly I mean there's lots of different examples I can I I can provide but I suppose it it, yeah there's, there's such an external pressure around Christmas equals family and friends and for some that makes yeah, it very complicated. And I think that's a really important point because you think about even the most close-knit families when you have a day with such pressure and expectations as Christmas can be challenging enough so when you've got those extra layers of dynamics um, and, and history between people it just like you said the pressure can just be be incredible um so maybe you could tell me a little bit more about the kinds of people that you work with you work with families kids adults as well so i predominantly work with young people and adults okay and my particular area of interest is trauma so i'm working with clients who may have experienced trauma as a child or experience trauma as an adult. So that could be around child abuse, childhood abuse, it could be around sexual assault, domestic and family violence, grief and loss, so a whole range of different traumas can present. So for some, and I, I think to thinking about, you know, the pressure to be part of that system and within that system we all play a particular role. Within our family we all have a very specific role. 
So for a lot of my clients with the, I suppose, the distress that family can bring for them, they need to change their way, the way they interact with their family members and that can cause real conflict, I suppose, because I think families are very dependent on everyone assuming that role and if someone decides to step out of that sort of um, designated role, then it can be very confusing for everyone. So I work a lot with clients around that, so how they can develop really good boundaries and, and prioritise what's important to them. And so I suppose the takeaways from that, I would love your advice on the two different sides. For anyone who is experiencing that, are there any advice or resources that you can point them towards? And on the other side, people who are fortunate not to have that experience at Christmas, how can they be, or we be, more sensitive and mindful towards people who have? So first and foremost, with those that do have that lived experience and perhaps aren't connected with family for lots of different reasons, it can be an incredibly lonely time. So I suppose it's about recognising that and being okay with that if, that, if you are okay with that, or finding other ways to sort of make this time meaningful to them. So that might be connecting with people, with friends, or it may be connecting um, with services, or spending time with people that are important to them, not specifically family, or in some cases it may well be just spending time on their own. And if so, it's important for them to have some self-care strategies, to do things that make them feel okay. And it is okay sometimes to be alone at Christmas time. And I think um, if we could be more accepting of that as a community, it would be easier for some. And in relation to um, those of us that are fortunate enough to have family and friends to enjoy the time with, then I think it's always important. I think a good starting point for anything is just starting from a position of not making assumptions about people and recognising that, you know, it may be friends or other family members who might be having a really difficult time and just checking in with people and being okay with the decisions they make around how they might want to spend that time as well. I think another dynamic here is too this incredible pressure to spend time with family and to see all members of, uh, of the family um, and that can be tricky and there's sometimes consequences if people aren't available to, to, to be part of that. So yeah, so I think it's about prioritising our needs um, but also just reflecting a little bit on yeah how difficult it can be for other people, and you know a little bit of kindness can go you know goes a long way I think. Oh, definitely, and I think uh, across the podcast I've been talking to people about their different traditions and things mm. that they do, and I think if there's one takeaway that I want people to take away from the podcast is that there's no right way to do Christmas. Mm. Whatever you view or feel about the day, whatever you do that's right for you, that's the right way to do Christmas. Yes. On to traditions, as we've we've kind of touched on, big family, lots of children, mm. which makes it even more special. And I suppose it, it might change depending on which side and who you're with. But as a general rule, how does the day kind of unfold from Christmas morning for you? Um, there's just so much travelling. Like, uh, usually we wake up at my mum and dad's house or Liam's mum and dad's house because we have to go there because it's like far away and and wake up there so my kids barely ever get to wake up in our house and they this is the first year that they've sort of had a tear about it they're like what is the point of the magical Christmas tree that we put up if like they Santa doesn't even know where we're going anyway so we might have to revise that I think but yeah usually it's waking up there 
it's traveling to Nana's for lunch and then it's traveling to another Nana's for dinner and and those type of things. But my dad's um, family is really large. It's a large family. My sister's like number 36 of the first cousins. Wow. And I have – and most of them, like, for example, I have three. So they've all gone and tapped kids as well. And it's a really large family. We have Chris, Nolan Christmas on December, the first weekend in December. Um, just to make it easier for everyone and it's amazing it's like one of my favorite Christmases because it is large and it is awesome and I feel like everyone's way more relaxed too because it's not you know the big build up to Christmas yeah but we do this awesome thing like one of our traditions is we have re-gift Christmas with the Nolan side so Everyone has to bring something from their house that they absolutely despise and (laughs) hate and that's been sitting in your house and you just you know that weird item that it got past Marie Kondo that year this year and you have to wrap it up and put it in the trailer so we have a trailer and there's just heaps because obviously there's so many of us you have to all put it in a trailer and everyone has to take one out and you have to open it and everyone like it's a big laugh you have to go home with it and um, you know, there's things like garden gnomes. <laughs> One year, my cousin, who's from a farm, put a kitten in. Yeah, which was very inappropriate. <laughs> and I was sort of like, oh, I wanted that one. Um, and you, but, d- you don't get the chance to swap, like what no, you take. No, no, no. Right and that, but that's like part of the laugh. Yeah, is that you know, my uncle, he's a dairy farmer, had an alarm co- clock that when it goes off, it moves like a cow. He put that in. <laughs> And then um, my dad had this really boring engineering book that he had from like university and he put it in and, you know, so yeah. And you're sort of forced there and then to use it. And the kids love it. The little kids, they think it's the best because really any gift's awesome when you're a kid. But all of the older ones like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to take this. <laughs> and I love as well because obviously and you, you've kind of touched on it um already but this idea of Christmas has really become this consumption of everything so I love that I know this idea of regifting, and I know that previous day I think you've done like upcycling or yeah. homemade presents as well is that yeah. something that's quite important yeah it is like I'm just as human as most people and I'm absolutely influenced by bloody black Friday sales <laughs> or whatever they are and certainly like things like the stockings for my kids I just fill them with all the things they need for the year (laughs) like oh toothbrush wow that's really nice of Santa but yeah I think I I I still do consume but yeah last year we made we recycle we kept jars throughout the year and we made jams for everyone and we do try and think about it a little bit more I actually just find For me, it's not even the consumerism side, which is certainly a massive part of it. But it's also, for example, that Nolan Christmas where we all put things into the trailer. That is just so fun. That's the point. And it's that we all start laughing and talking and you're hanging out with your family and you're creating memories. Otherwise, you know, even though someone really might love that sweater that you bought them, the the magic of that wears off like you know when the fashion changes like in a year's time where the magic of laughing with your family is I know it's so ooey gooey and it's such a cliche but but I think that is the joy of it 
And you can definitely get creative with it because I think I went through all your Christmas posts. I was like, <laughs> what can I gather from her Instagram? Um, and it looked like one year you did like a family amazing race because people had made jackets oh, yes. and things like that. So it's like you said, it's such yep. a great idea to do activities. Yep. So my dad's side does re-gift it. And then my mum's side does only you have to make it. So every, like my grandma, um, <laughs> my grandma, <laughs> God love her. She's so funny. She just cut pieces of rope and <laughs> gave it to the kids and said, there's a skipping rope. <laughs> it was so funny. She like put such little effort in, but she's so hippie. It was so, it's so funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, then other people made like um, cheese boards or whatever made out of wood and um, really thoughtful things. Like one of my aunties did a, um, a guess who game. And she put all of the family's heads in it. And she, I know, so smart. Um, And yeah, then my mum did this amazing race that we did this year. So she, she said, I'm making you an experience. And she put us all into teams. So we all opened up this present and we all had a colored vest and I was in pink team and, you know, all my kids, there was four different teams and she paired us up with all different family members. Not, so I wasn't paired with my own kids. Um, They had to go with other other family members and it was great because you bond with them and um we ran around Ballarat mum and dad did like a whole amazing race and it was competition with trophies everything super competitive it was awesome yeah and we like even went to (laughs) this is a bit eerie but one of the things was we had to go to a graveyard and we went and saw relatives like ancestors graves that we didn't even know about so I even learned about my family as I did it it was really cool yeah really thoughtful like I couldn't think up that stuff I just made jam (laughs) like yeah I'm sure it was equally appreciated but no that's such a fantastic (laughs) idea and in everything that you do Christmas and beyond Mm. you're so open and inclusive I mean with all your posts you acknowledge that not everyone celebrates Christmas so Merry Christmas if you do if not have a great day Day. whatever it is to you um which is a small thing but I think really important that can get lost in these conversations and as you've you've mentioned before with your brother for so many different reasons Christmas can be a really hard time for lots of people yeah do you have any particular advice for people who it is some a, a difficult time of the year for them yeah it's really hard but like we survive I know it's that's really grim within itself but um it like when people say oh it gets easier or whatever like it'll get easier for a moment and then it'll get really hard you know I I found it hard the first few years and then it got a little bit easier for a little bit because I was sort of distracted by kids and then it got hard again because I thought I was having too much fun without my brother and it was it was really yeah but but we're human and we survive and um I suppose the thing is about grief that anyone that experiences it actually knows is that all of a sudden you don't take anything for granted. So even though you are missing someone so much and it's really painful and really hard, at, at the same time I feel like you're way more present. You doing that thing like I was saying how I feel conflicted about Christmas, I feel so many emotions, so many highs and so many lows. When I'm at Christmas I feel probably more happy than maybe the average person that hasn't experienced some sort of like hardship or losing someone that they love so much maybe I maybe I even get to feel that even more because I'm so much more present and I don't take any of it for granted but then at the same time it's 
also really painful, um, particularly for my parents, like watching my parents grieve. There's nothing worse than watching your parents grieve. So, yeah, that's really hard. But then there'll be like amazing little moments that come out of nowhere. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm even that spiritual, but it's kind of like I was saying before about happiness and just laughing together and and all of that sort of stuff um my brother has my brother so my brother passed away and my brother has this amazing um well sort of story where he he didn't like come to us but I'll tell it and you can make of it what you want so we went out to his grave one year for Christmas as we do every year to like lay flowers and just acknowledge to start the day off because it just feels like really uncomfortable to celebrate the day without like acknowledging he's not there and sort of bringing his own Christmas present and my mum and dad went out there and they noticed that there was like a little sprig of a Christmas tree on his grave so if you can imagine there's um his plot like his um headstone which is not the old school headstones it's those little plaques now and then there's grassed area and behind it is like a little area that you can plant stuff. But mum and dad can never decide. And so it's usually just filled with ornaments um, and no flowers or no nothing, like nothing planted there. So it's just rocks. But there was this sprig of a Christmas tree. I am not joking you. There were So my dad went, oh my gosh, I'm not leaving this behind. And he dug it up and he took it home and he laughed that, it was like just going to die and it was the most, the tiniest Christmas tree that we'd ever seen. <laughs> but he watered it and watered it and watered it and it was like mum and dad's way of, you know, putting lots of care into it and sort of symbolically caring for my brother and not forgetting him. Anyway, it grew and grew and grew and my parents have that Christmas tree. So it grew so much that um, it was like up to the – ceiling height and we celebrated under it so for all the years that my children were young they celebrated under that Christmas tree and it was the funniest looking Christmas tree it was like it felt very much like my brother's spirit it was like wonky and like not pretty and I'd look on Instagram and there's all these people with these beautiful trees and there's my our tree and it's like all crooked and stuff but it was like so amazing and my mum was really cute she like the angel on top of the tree is a photo of my brother and um, it was so special. Anyway, the bloody Christmas tree has taken off so much that it's just like uncontrollable. Like it is – feels symbolic of my parents' love for my brother. Like it just is so big that my dad had to go and plant it um, on our family farm. It got too big for the house. Yep, got way too big. So now it's a full-grown tree and it lives at, yeah, our family farm. yeah it's really amazing so I know that there's like heaps of sadness um but there's also awesome bits like that where we can remember him and laugh um yeah it was really fun that really it brought so much joy to my mum and dad to feel like in some way he was present thank you so much for sharing that because I know that these things are never easy to talk about um, but for that to be, like you said, such a beautiful way for them to kind of f- feel that he's part of it is yeah. so lovely. And also I think those stories are really important to share because for so many people you can feel so alone at Christmas that no one else has gone through that as experiencing yeah. that. 
and just talking about it so much more openly brings kind of everyone together in that sense yeah yeah you're not alone if you're going through it there's definitely people that are experiencing what you're experiencing although they don't understand the relationship that you had and um there might well there is no relationship like you had with that person you are certainly not alone in feeling the grief Mm. One thing that I feel like you also have on, on a lighter note, conflicting yeah, feelings definitely. about, is um, the Santa photo. Um, because <laughs> I, I did love that the ones that you've shared, obviously the idea is that everyone in the family is in them. You literally have everyone in the family. Yeah, I bring the cats, cats and dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to imagine like the logistics of getting everyone there. No, it's the funniest thing the is we're all fine because that's our daily life is just like somewhat organised chaos. That's how we live every day but it's when we turn up and Santa sees it because you know these places that go oh yeah we do pet photos with Santa and you know people bring their golden retriever or whatever and then we turn up with our menagerie and our you know kids and everything and it just feels like overwhelming and you can actually see Santa's face drop like (laughs) (laughs) like, oh okay like you're taking the mickey like I know we said we'd do it but like I don't know if we can (laughs) because I mean when we talk when you talk about your collection of pets what what do you yeah so (laughs) at the moment we're light on okay yes we've um, had a few deaths uh but we only only have uh three cats and two Chinese crested dogs at the moment which are like hairless and gorgeous and they're all rescues and they're beautiful but we also have five rescue kittens here at the moment so we're quite light on but the Santa photo I'm sure that you've seen also had rats yes yes (laughs) and other Santa photos had a rabbit and a guinea pig yeah those are I imagine those are just like (laughs) priceless things yeah definitely I love it I love it and I love the person taking the photo just trying to call for them it's just it Again, it's one of those things that just makes you laugh. Mm. <laughs> it's like when people take their babies. And obviously, if you think about it from a baby's perspective, this big man with a white beard and red, oh. it would be absolutely terrifying. And you just see their reactions. Like, yeah. And the like they? super conflicting messages that we send to our kids all year about like, don't, you know, stranger danger and like, in a like consent consent and we're like yeah you know no one is allowed to touch you without your consent blah 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 blah. consent 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 and then it's like but sit on this (laughs) old guy's lap and smile all right I know you don't know him and it and it's kind of weird because he knows you because he's sort of stalking you yeah and like he's gonna in the middle of the night he's gonna break into the house like what the fuck (laughs) And, it, and even, like, Rudolph, like, Rudolph, this poor reindeer with a disability that, you know, is teased and teased and teased. Well, he was excluded from everything until he just morphed into being acceptable and they could actually commodify his disability. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But I'm so part of it. I am, <laughs> I am so part of it. I am... I am just like everyone else. I just, yeah, <laughs> I'm such a hypocrite. You just get sucked in. You can't help it. But yeah, yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. It's like some Christmas things, 
worthy conversations but if you want to keep it sacred you probably don't want to strip it back to the basics because it will be strange exactly (laughs) so the final thing that i wanted to talk about is the sign of a great christmas so when you get to the end of the afternoon or the evening and you look at what's happened or what's around you what's the one thing that signals that it's been a great christmas to you oh truly i know this is like a weird one but um (laughs) The behavior of my kids is a really (laughs) big indicator of my success of not the day, but my parenting and how grateful they are. So after all of the sweets and the pudding and everything and sort of being high on all of that sugar and food and all of that, if they were well behaved and kind kind of is an indication of how well I'm going at parenting (laughs) and sometimes it's not good it's very bleak and there's crying and especially with twins it's like well she got this and well she got that and that's oh my god I'm okay um so that's like certainly one bit uh another bit is just probably how many people I actually talk to and connected with And not in the way that's like, oh, yeah, hi, checked in with you for our one annual checkup. Kicks you off the list. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, yeah. I think there's – I think everyone in their family has, like, a few people that they couldn't really care. (laughs) I think, again, that's just a human thing and whatever, and you've definitely got to include them still. (laughs) Gosh, I don't sound like my grandmother's <laughs> daughter, do I? Um, but yeah, those people um, that are your family and like checking in and seeing how they're going um, and actually connecting with them, I think is really important for me. I'm a real, I'm a real people person, and I'm a real family lover, and I am one of those people that has v- no family conflict. Yeah, I can't. I honestly can't think of a time that I've fought with my siblings. I think my mum has a fight with one of her sisters fairly frequently, but they it's like love fight, love hate. Um, that's it. There's no fighting in our family. We are so lucky. So I know that the day can be really hard for people that have um, lots of family tension and conflict, but that's not a thing in my family. So a good day is connecting with people and genuinely seeing what they're up to it's really nice I like that but also everyone has to be silent at the end of the day because we're all digesting food (laughs) (laughs) you just get into that slump like on the sofa or the garden where everyone's just a bit and have a snooze always a snooze on Christmas Uh, absolutely you have to snooze in the afternoon and we've got summer here so we're really lucky because Christmas day goes for a lot longer it finishes at like you know the actual daytime finishes at nine o'clock so there's lots of time to enjoy. You can fit in a snooze. I think that is the perfect note to end on. Annie, thank you so much for sharing all your Christmas memories and magic and tips with oh, us it's today. Been so it's fun. Been, I'm feeling very excited for Christmas now. Oh, thanks. So thank you so much for coming and getting me more into the Christmas spirit. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Christmas Binge and the whole season because, of course, this is the finale, aptly finishing on Christmas Eve. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and it has helped you get excited for the festive season, 
maybe thinking in a, from a different perspective or doing something, however small, to make Christmas for someone else a little bit brighter. A very special thank you to Annie for sharing her Christmas memories. You can find out where to follow her and listen to her great podcast, We Want to Be Better, in the show notes. If you enjoyed listening to A Christmas Binge, and this is the final time you'll have to hear this, please leave a rating and a review. That will really help when we hopefully come back next year. And if you are listening, please share by taking a screenshot and posting on your Instagram story tagging A Christmas Binge. I have loved seeing those the past few weeks. If you don't want to wait until next year, again, a final reminder that I have an award-nominated beauty podcast called Beauty Island. It is a similar sentiment to this in that each week I sit down with an interesting guest in Beauty and Beyond and ask them about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them that they take to a desert island. Along the way, we learn more about their life, career, and the people and events and perspectives that have shaped them into who they are today. Past guests have included British YouTuber and renowned beauty editor Nadine Baggett, Ava Matthews, co-founder of Ultraviolet, big Australian YouTubers Michelle Crossan and Sharon Farrell, Jules Sebastian, beauty editors Amy Starr, co-founder of Cool Time or Melanoma, Lisa Petulny, infamous beauty director Stephanie Darling, and Adore Beauty founder Kate Morris, to name just a few. There are three seasons for you to listen to before we return for an even bigger season four in February next year. That also means if there is anyone you want to hear on Beauty Island, now is the time to let me know. Follow me on Instagram and DM me at Beauty Island Podcast. You can find the link in the show notes or search Beauty Island on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to have a listen. Thank you so much for listening to A Christmas Binge and for all of your support. A very Merry Christmas or summer break or however you'll be celebrating the next few weeks. I have been and will continue to be beauty journalist Brittany Stewart. You can follow me on Instagram if you fancy at Brittany Beauty BTS. So until next year, bye bye. You slayed. It was great. <laughs> Oh, sorry. That, no, no, that was brilliant. I just had to take a moment to appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. I'm so glad I didn't stop recording yeah. before that. Enough now.